Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I try to make sure that my members are exposed to uh, these recruiters and these hiring managers in whatever way so that we can make sure that they get opportunities, whether it's an interview or it's a mentor or um, maybe it's an executive there. And I leave it really into the members' hands. Like, it's up to you. Our job is to make sure that there is access. So we're putting you in the room, but it's up to you to take leverage and, and you know, take con- con- kind of control over your, you know, your career. Today, our guest on the podcast, it's a treat. I'm pleased to introduce to you Ola Idowu, a 2014 graduate of public relations from the Newhouse School of Public Communications. Ola works in communications and internal events at the social media giant known as Twitter. She's also the CEO of her own company, Sisters in Media, providing mentorship opportunities to young Black professionals who want to pursue a career in media like Ola has pursued. They offer a great array of networking events, comprehensive job postings, and a vibrant network of talented mentors to provide these great resources to an underserved portion of our community. Ola, I applaud you for your work, and I appreciate you making the time to join us. How are you holding up these days? I'm doing great. That intro just made me smile. I feel like I feel so special. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here and have this conversation with you. Another one of our podcast graduates, Flo's LaPierre, had mentioned uh, reaching out to you and, and talking to you. And I thought that your story of providing networking opportunities for people that don't have access or maybe they're not aware of how mentorships can advance their careers. How did this all kind of come to be? Pull back the curtain for us. How did you yeah. come to get involved with Sisters in Media? Of course. Uh, well, I saw love Flos. Flos and I, we studied abroad together when we were juniors in college. So we went to Spain and we were roommates. So that's my girl forever. Um, yeah, Sisters in Media started as soon as, you know, I... I graduated Newhouse and the first job I got was at NBC Universal, this big giant company. And um, I was so thrilled to like be amongst such like great executives and in uh, TV. Um, so I was at USA Network and I just felt like a little bit of, you know, I felt a little alone at times. I felt like I really wanted a mentor um, that looked like me. I wanted her to be black. I wanted her to be obviously a woman. And I just was like, I'm not seeing that here as much as I wanted to. And so I was just like, you know what? Like, why don't I just start a little group um, amongst me and my friends? We all, all my friends are new house grads. So I said, how about we all hang out and just talk about being a black woman in film, TV, or magazine. And, you know, I have a friend that you know, graduated Newhouse and was working at Essence. And I had a friend that was at The View. And then I had friends, you know, that also was at USA Network and they were all Black women. I was like, let's just have brunch and let's just talk about, you know, what it's like to be in this setting. Um, And that was back in 2016. And we did lunch. We just talked about our careers and we invited, um, my friend worked at The View at the time and she had a really good relationship with Sunny Houston. So we invited her. Um, I invited a friend at Fox, Shonda Lumpkins, and we just did brunch and it was just amazing. And since then I was just like, I want to do this, like, I want it to be like an annual thing. It turned out being more than just annual. We would do it like, we would have at least like three to four events a a year. Um, And I loved having a partnership with company, media company, so that 
you know, members can be exposed to employees and then also uh, recruiters and hiring managers will be exposed to our members. So, you know, we first did an event with Complex and then we worked with, you know, the wing and then worked with, uh, you know, we worked with Syracuse University. I kind of want to shout out the late Ian Branham. Lorraine was incredible at the time I saw her. This is so funny. I was working at Fox at the time and I knew I was traveling for work to promote the movie, The Birth of a Nation. And so we went to DC for the NABJ conference. Now, NABJ I'm already familiar with because I was involved as a student at Syracuse. And so as, as I'm there as an employee for Fox, I'm like, okay, do my job. But if you see Lorraine, you got to bump into her and tell her you're like your elevator pitch for Sisters in Media. So I was just like, okay, I know Syracuse is going to be here because they're here every year. So when I saw her, I was like, Dean, how are you? <laughs> and so I just gave her my elevator pitch on Sisters in Media. And she said, okay, just send me an email. And I was like, okay. And I sent her an email, believe it or not, she got it done. She funded Sisters in Media first event. And we partnered with Syracuse University Newhouse. We did it at the Fisher Center in New York City. Um, and since then, you know, I mean, Sisters of Media has worked with brands like the NBA, Facebook, Twitter, before I started working at Twitter, we worked with Amy Networks, we worked with NBC Universal, we have worked with some really cool media companies since then. And I, I owe it all really to the grace of God, but also really like, you know, Lorraine being given us our first shot. And that event that we did with Syracuse had you know, at least 70 people. Um, and I only knew like 30 of them. So I felt, I'm like, you guys are coming to my event. Thank you. Like, I was just happy <laughs> to do it. And, and it, and since then, you know, it's really been growing and I'm really grateful for it. What are the biggest ways that Sisters in Media through these partnerships and collaborations are able to empower um, these young black professionals with these opportunities that can prove to be so invaluable when it comes to finding a mentor? Yeah, so the way we do our process is um, first, um, I kind of lead the charge when it comes to partnerships. And I look at brands that I feel like do a really good job in terms of, um, you know, having conversations about diversity and inclusion. And then I also see what members are really interested in. Um, there are times where I send out surveys. So far, I've done two surveys and I've asked my members, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want, like job opportunities? Do you already have a job, but you're looking for a mentor? Do you, are you looking for, you know, just more friends in the industry so that you can have more connections? Um, so I kind of get a feel and a vibe of what they're interested in. And then um, I, I act. Um, so I would reach out to um, mostly employee resource groups. Um, so bigger companies have those, they're you know, targeted for maybe black employees or women employees. And those are my two targets. Um, and so I would reach out to those uh, networks and then have a proposal ready and you know, ready in place for them to, to take a look at. And then we talk about what we wanna do, what are our goals? So right now I want, my goal right now is to get more Sisters and Media members hired for great opportunities. And so when I have these conversations with the networks, I go, you know, we're looking for, you know, recruiters to be available for this type of conversation because we want it to be fluid conversations about obviously diversity and inclusion, but also in the workplace, 
but also we want to have, um, you know, a mechanism for like hiring. So, um, you know, maybe we'll split up the event into two sessions. We'll talk about, we'll have the conversation with an executive, but then we'll also talk about how we can do a better job with hiring and recruiting and retention. Um, so then, you know, I try to make sure that my members are exposed to uh, these recruiters and these hiring managers in whatever way so that we can make sure that they get opportunities, whether it's an interview or it's a mentor or um, maybe it's an executive there. And I leave it really into the members' hands. Like, it's up to you to approach someone is saying like, hey, I, I love what you're about and I'd love to learn from you. That's not sisters' immediate jobs, but our job is to make sure that there is access. So we're putting you in the room, but it's up to you to take leverage and, and you know, take con con kind of control over your, you know, your career. Um, and so that's why we make sure we are bringing the right people into the rooms. We did an event with Facebook two years ago and it had about 400 people there. And we made sure that we broke it up. That's a lot of people. So we wanted to make sure that with the speakers we have there, we wanna make sure that their conversation is very specialized. So we'll do one big thing where everyone, all the 400 people are in the same room, we're having a conversation, but then we'll split it up to like breakouts and we'll have someone talking about maybe entrepreneurship, another person talking about creativity in the workplace, another person talking about um, managing, you know, a team. And we, we want to make sure whatever the conversation is, it's specialized so that what you are interested in, you can be able to go and say, okay, I'm really, I'm at the place in my career where I'm ready to start my own business. So I'm going to go to the entrepreneurship talk and have a conversation with Amani and, and, you know, ask her, how can I build my business the way you built your, your business? So that's the way, that's the process of, of Sisters in Media. And that's how we make the connections happen. It, it's, really us having the space, but it's you as a member, it's you as a professional, you know, approaching a, a potential mentor or potential mentee or, you know, maybe a potential employer for a job. And you mentioned earlier that you struggled yourself with finding mentors who, who look like you uh, in the industry. How big of a problem was it? Yeah, I think it's hard because, um, because you're, for me, I feel, first of all, you can have a mentor that does not look like you. I'm, I have a mentor that is a white male um, and he's been great. Um, I also have mentors that are my peers. And I've learned that over time. When I was super green, I just graduated, you know, Syracuse and I'm, you know, I'm in my first uh, job. I'm like, I know I want it. That's like hiring a therapist. You know, when I'm looking for a therapist, I want my therapist to be a black woman because she understands the, you know, trials and tribulation of being a black woman. So she's not going to be like, well, why are you concerned about how you wear your hair in corporate America? We get it as, as women of color. We get what it's like to go into a workspace and change your hair every two weeks or change it every month and have people be so interested in it. That to someone like you, you'd be like, I didn't think anything of it, but we feel it. So that's why coming out of college, I'm like, I, I really want a black mentor, but I've grown to understand that mentors come in different shapes and sizes. And I think if it's a black woman, if it's someone that you identify with, amazing, you hit the golden ticket. 
But if it's not, that's also okay. I just think it's important to find someone who's invested in you. They're invested in your career growth. They're invested in, in your personal growth. And uh, they care about, you know, how you reach your, your, your goals and your, um, your aspirations. So I've learned that over time. And I think that it's really important for me to share that right now. Um, I, I always wanted to choose my mentor. Like, I love your career growth. Like I mentioned Connie Orlando. I talk about her all the time. I think she's incredible. I, I want her to be my mentor. I want you, Connie, to be my mentor. But that's not really how it works. It really is, a, it's an effortless relationship, you know? And people need to start understanding that mentor-mentee relationships, it goes both ways. Like you want to be able to provide for your mentor as much as they're providing and, and they're investing in you. And listen, I... Remember, there's a guy named Craig mm, Maddow. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting his last name, but Craig is also a Syracuse alum. And he graduated uh, probably in the early 2000s. And he had a really great career, or has a great career in film and TV. He works at like 20th Century Fox. He's like the head of something. And I remember being a student like, oh my God, like, I need to be friends with Craig. I, you know, I was such a geek. Like I did my research as a student. I was always <laughs> in the new house school, like, you know, figuring out the database, like, okay, who works at Fox? Who works at NBC? Who works at Universal? Like I, I need to be associated with these people. And so I found Craig and we connected as a senior. I was a senior in high school and I actually invited him over to Newhouse to speak to students. I feel really proud about that now I think about it. As a senior, I got him to come and he talked. And then we have Michael Weber, who's a screenwriter. He wrote The Fault in Our Stars. He came and he spoke to students as well. So I felt like really close, like really excited about Craig. But Craig said something to me that I would never forget. It was very profound. Like he was just like, I was just like in awe of him. Like, okay, like how do I get a career like yours? And he's like, hola, listen, like you're going to be helping me one day. Just don't forget that. Like I'm seeing your passion and you know your your drive. I might be working for you one day, and I'm like, that that's not happening. Like, what do you mean? You're way ahead. Of, you're light years ahead of me in your career. Like, I'm just honored to have a conversation with you. He said, just don't forget that. And you know, a few years ago, I think like in 2019, me and him reconnected, and he was, you know, he came. I invited him to Twitter, and he was just like, didn't I say? that I would be, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, like this is, it is full circle. And just like, you know, what I said earlier, it's so important that you, when you look into mentor and mentee relationships, you're making sure that it's effortless and you're making sure that you're investing in your mentor as much as they're investing in you. You have a solid career. Like I'm not at all where I want to be in my career, but I don't know. It's enough for me to do something, you know, back, give some give a little bit back to uh, a mentor. Listen, there's some people that they know, your mentors. There's a lot of people they don't know that I may know, that the mentee may know. So there's also, um, there's a lot of give and take. And I'm hopeful that people, if anything, they learn that through through me, through Sisters of Media. How would you describe um, the response? Because you guys have been around for more than five years now with Sisters mm-hmm. of Media. What have you thought about the response to the mentorship offerings? And do you think there really was a a need that your company is filling that wasn't being met previously? I feel like the response is there. The thing is, um, which I'm glad you're asking these questions because there's a lot of improvement to make with 
with the organization. And um, we aren't like taking tallies of the partnerships that are happening within our members. So we don't have numbers in, in terms of like, you know, we've created 30 mentor mentee relationships. And so we don't know the numbers. We do know that it's happening um, because we hear from our members all the time, like, oh, like, you know, I went to this event and I met this person and, or I went to this event and now I'm hired. I work at a &E now because I went to this event. So thank you. So we get a lot of testimonials, uh, but we don't have the numbers, um, but we are hoping that the response is great. We do love when we hear testimonials from folks. Um, we started on our social page sharing like sister success stories. We had one young lady attend a LinkedIn event with us. We did a partnership with LinkedIn and um, you know she got hired shortly after and we did an event with the NBA and someone got hired by Disney shortly after. And the event was with at the NBA, but the speakers were from Bleacher Report, ESPN, which is owned by Disney, and um, NBA. And so we wanted to make sure that like our speakers from different companies are really exposing themselves to the women or the men that are in the room so that they can have more opportunities, whether it's with the brand that we're working with at this time, the NBA, or with one of the speakers. Um, so I do think we have good responses and I, I do think there's a lot more room for us to grow. We have so much more work to do. Um, and I'm really, I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing to get that work done because I am truly passionate um, about this mission and it feels like a purpose for me to make sure that uh, women that are from diverse back now, backgrounds or marginalized groups are having access to, you know, opportunities that are beyond them. And I just wanna add this really quick. When you work in media and I feel like at Newhouse, they maybe touched on this a little bit, but not really, nepotism is, a, often occurrence in our in our field, for sure. Um, your talent is important, but who you know, it's very, very important in your career. And um, when you are in my situation, my mom and dad are from Nigeria. They're both immigrants. My mom works in a nursing home. Um, my dad works in like construction and they have no idea what I do and they don't know the they don't know what I need to get into my career and really, you know, grow in this field, but they're supportive, but they don't know. And then you have a colleague at Newhouse, you know, that I, and this happened to me often at Newhouse. If we're doing a group project, I'm talking to someone and she is a white woman and, you know, her mom, you know, is best friends with the CFO at Hearst or works at Condé Nast. And so she has access. And here we are in the same school, working on the same project. And I'll call her Alex. Alex has access to an internship like this because her mom is friends with the CFO. Ola does not have access. And we'll see that often for black and brown women because we're not in these jobs. We're not executives. We're not, some of us are, and we're getting, you know, we're getting there, but it's few and far in between. So, um, I'm learning, like I learned at Newhouse that networking is, is key. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that they continue to teach that in that field, but also I'm hoping that Sisters and Media can be an outlet for you to network with people that you look like. Um, and it's, it's commendable when you talk about 
networking because as much as Newhouse does prepare you for taking on a job in the real world, mm-hmm. it's only going to open the door having that Syracuse University name and that Newhouse yeah. name. You have to break on through that door and make those connections yourself. And you clearly are a queen of networking. What's what's your success? How do you how do you manage to be so adept at networking? You know, I love that you mentioned Syracuse because I use that a lot. And I hope for anyone that's listening to this, please like use Syracuse if you're um a student or prospective student, I used to like, when I first graduated, I, I would like form these emails to like random people on LinkedIn, like, but I would only send emails to people who I see are Syracuse alum. They don't have to be New House alum, just Syracuse alum. So I'm stalking you on your LinkedIn. If you saw my name um, and I'm like, okay, this person went to Newhouse at HBO. This person went to, you know, art, graduated arts and sciences at Newhouse, I mean, at Syracuse. Um, okay, my subject line is Syracuse University alumni, class of 2014, seeking to connect. It's, that sounds really long, but I would throw Syracuse in there somewhere. <laughs> and so that, that to me is like, you've got to be really clever when you're reaching out and when you're networking. You have to think, okay, what is it that this person, like, why would they open this email and read it? They're busy. They're working. They have a job. They're working at Netflix. Like, why would they open little old me's email? So what do I need to put in the subject that makes them relate to me? Um, And I love, I feel like everyone that I know that went to Syracuse loved it. I love Syracuse University and I think it's a great school. And um, I I tend to meet people who enjoy their experience there. So I like to put that in the subject, like, hey, we both went to Syracuse. Even better if I can say, oh, we both were NABJ members. Um, if I was in a sorority, I would have said, oh, we were both Delta. Like, I, I would use anything that I can to make sure that, you know, we're connecting and that we have some similarity so that they can open up that email and maybe help me out, give me some help. <laughs> um, and it's also important, like, you know, you don't ask like, hey, Jonathan, I see you work at Syracuse and I really want to work there. So like, how can I get a job? That's not how you do it. Um, you're, you're, you should be a little bit more intentional in your emails and your reaching out. Maybe like, I want to grab coffee. I read an article about you. And, you know, I love this strategy that you put together for like the Syracuse alumni chapter. I love to like learn more about that. Like you would appreciate that email more than an email me saying, hey, I want to work there. How do I get a job there? We both went to Syracuse. So it's really uh, how you move forward and you're reaching out. When you're talking about moving forward and reaching out, and we're talking a lot about LinkedIn and your networking tools on that social media platform, but your Mm -hmm. current role is with Twitter and running events for Twitter. And that kind of goes against uh, your first couple of jobs out of college, which were more of a television and a film Mm -hmm based uh, journey. How did you transition and what made you want to leave TV and film behind to take on events for Twitter? Um, So I was doing film for a few years, almost three years, and I wanted to, I really enjoyed working at um, Searchlight and we had cool opportunities like, you know, working on films with like Guillermo del Toro and um, the part of my job there that I loved was like doing like um, like tastemakers or screening events um, for our talent, for press. And so I was just like, I'm going to explore that a little bit. And I've been doing events with Sisters in Media. So I was just like, let me explore events um, because I like this part of my job a lot. And so that's why I kind of make that transition. And um, Twitter is a fantastic company. Um, Twitter is 
is the future. So I, I love, I love the company so much. So it was really not that difficult for me to like decide like, okay, I want to try that. And it's been great. And I still love TV and film. So I'm always going to be thinking about ways to how to incorporate that into my day to day. So yeah, I think me transitioning into that area was really just based on what I was really interested in at the time. Like at the time, I was kind of tired of like publicity and I wanted to check out more experiential um, events, more experiential marketing. And so I tried to transition and that's what led me to Twitter. You clearly have a, have a focus and a drive. You also have a lot on your plate though with your job both with Twitter and of course, Sisters in Media. Does it ever get overwhelming uh, with all the responsibilities you're taking on? And how do you kind of deal with not burning out, making sure that you're the best version of Ola that you can still be for all the people that count on you? That's a good question. I think that, um, that's a great question. I don't know how I do it. Um, I feel like um, the work that I do at Twitter is great work. And I, I feel like this company is so good about balancing work-life balance. Um, so that's why I never, I sometimes feel overwhelmed. Um, but I know that, you know, with the job that I have at Twitter and with just being at a company that cares about, you know, your mental being and you you having like peace of mind, um, I know that I'm never gonna be thrown into like the wolves at Twitter. And so the way I approach it is, Twitter is my nine to five and Sisters of Media is my five to nine. And the work that I do with Sisters of Media, I, I'm not even going to lie. I thoroughly, I get zero dollars from the work that I do with Sisters of Media, but I enjoy every moment I do it. Um, I feel like I'm doing something good. I feel like I'm helping someone that I don't even know. And that it is cheesy for me to say, but that is so fulfilling. I, I promise you, it feels really good. Like when people reach out to me and they're like, oh, hey, I just want to let you know I did, you know, I went to your event and I got hired. I cry all the time. I'm also emotional, but I cry all the time. It makes me so happy. Like, I'm so happy I was able to do this thing that led to the beginning of your career or that led to, you know, you doing something that you care about. And, and like this from the, it brings me back from the time that I started it. And I'm like, I just wish I could like you know, have more relationships in, in media and TV and film and girls look like me and we can connect and all this stuff. From that little moment that I thought about it, that led to someone getting a, a job, an offer, it is so, it's priceless. Like the work, you know, it's a lot, the proposals, the pitching and having, you know, Sisters of Me is a, is a little baby. How do I get them to invest in it? How do I get them to believe in the work that we do? Um, that's a lot of work, but it's priceless at the end of the day where you, you accomplish a partnership and jobs are happening and, and they're being sent to women who are members and or men who are members. And it feels so good. Like, so it's a lot of work, but, um, you know, I don't work during the weekends and I have fun during the weekends. I hang out with friends and family and um I don't know. It just doesn't feel like work when I'm doing Sisters in Media. That, that doesn't feel like work. Do you have any tips for, I know, and you mentioned the fulfillment of doing Sisters in Media and you're not getting money off it, but it's emotionally satisfying, but it can be, be draining. Just you're putting all this time and effort into multiple projects. 
what do you do to keep your mental health uh, in a good position? Because I know COVID has really tested a lot of us when it oh, comes yeah. to our, our resolve. And, you know, we've learned that we're tougher than we thought we, we were, you know, before the pandemic. How do you kind of deal with the mental wellness part of it? Um, I am very, um, if anyone knows me, they know I'm Christian and um, my relationship with Christ, my relationship with God is like super important to me. So I'm definitely a prayerful person. So I pray a lot. I, you know, um, I try to like rely a lot on like sermons and, and like just the word of God. But also I've been going to therapy um, and therapy, I think, has been helpful Um I started in July. Oh, wow. We're already in July. It's been a year. I've been going to therapy and it's been good. Like, it's nice to like get things off your chest, cry. I've accepted that it's okay to cry. Like I would cry for no reason. I'm like, why am I crying? Just crying because I feel overwhelmed or I'm sad or, but I, I, I feel good about the way that I'm approaching my, my mental health and, you know, journaling all the time. I read Michelle Obama's Becoming and oh I'm wearing a Michelle Obama shirt. I'm a I'm a huge stan. It says Michelle is my is still my first lady. Um I was reading Becoming and um she wrote in there like during the times that she was really overwhelmed with her relationship with you know Barack and you know trying to get pregnant with the kids and school and work and all those things. She started journaling. So I like picked up journaling and again um, and it's really helpful. So I think the way that I tackle it is really just like therapy sessions. I have my friends and family as support. I make sure that I have fun um, and have a really good time during the weekends. And um, I pray and I, I, it's keeping me afloat. <laughs> well, it's a powerful story. And I know, uh, Ola, that the only good things are coming forward for you in the future with Sisters in Media, with your work in Twitter, with your communications career. It's awesome that you're lending uh, these opportunities for people, uh, for Black people who really could use a, a good positive mentor, a positive mentor relationship, whatever the person looks like, that can carry you so far in your yeah. career, or it can deter you if you don't have that from reaching your goals. And I know that Sisters in Media will continue to do great work when it comes to this field. Ola, thank you so much for your time and uh, continued success. Thank you so, so much, Jonathan. I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you. And I, I mean, I can't wait to hear more that comes from the alumni team. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast. <laughs>